Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Achten Millwall. Listening to Echter Millwall Emergency Broadcasting Special, a public service broadcast made on behalf of the Real Millwall Fan Show and Echter Millwall, broadcasting from South Bermondsey. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to another edition. You lucky people, we're, we're, we're turning out the quality editions at the moment. This one's going to be a good quality edition. I've assembled my Justice League of Australia and Scotland. For this special show. Uh, welcome to the show, Jimmy Webb, out there in Perth. Hey, good day, good day, good day, good evening, good afternoon, good morning. <laughs> good day, Jim. And um, our, our, our resident diva, Mr. Neil Andrews, crazy horse himself. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hock, hi, the new. Hock, hi, the new, indeed. Now, this is a special edition. Um, it's actually a request, a request edition from Dean Thwaites, who contacted me via the Akdung email, akdungmill at gmail.com. And Dean sent some very kind words in about the shows we're doing and actually did a request and suggested a show reviewing the Lions playing Arsenal during the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, we had a run of, um, very strange run of fixtures in, in many ways because um, the previous fixture from 1988 was back in 1909 um, in a couple of FA Cup fixtures in 1909. And somehow we'd avoided Arsenal. I suppose we're in very different leagues for the bulk of the 20th century. Um, but I thought we could start, gentlemen, if, if you'll indulge me, um, with that cup tie played in 1909 um, back on the, well, in Plumstead and in on the Isle of Dogs. Um, this was an FA Cup fixture played between Mill Athletic and Woolwich Arsenal back in those times. And it was played Saturday, uh, February the 6th, 1909. This was a one-all draw in Plumstead between Arsenal and Millwall. And I've um, dug out the newspaper reports because that's I've, I like to find some use for my British newspaper account. And I just like the, the way this is worded. So if you'll forgive me, I'll, I'll just read a little bit of the match report. Um, this is from 1909. Um, Arsenal and Millwall draw. In a match full of excitement, Woolwich, Arsenal and Mill divided the honours, each scoring once. No league fixture or cup tie at Plumstead ever aroused greater interest and some 32,000 people entered the ground before the gates 
had to be closed with several thousand enthusiasts clamoring for admission and many hundreds were left on the north side of the river unable to to uh, to cross owing to the demand for the ferry um, the game realized expectations that's been the Woolwich ferry I guess um, the game realized expectations in its evenings and the splendid spirit in which it was contested so that was a draw um, the report from the Daily Telegraph says that neither side had cause to grumble at that result there's in a fabulous um, midweek um, report that the re replay to be played on the Isle of Dogs on the on the Wednesday after the Saturday um, and the report is in the London Daily News so be early at Millwall it says this is this is um, the on the on the day itself um, it will be seen that East Ferry Road uh, Mill will be represented exactly as they turned out on Saturday so the same team from Saturday um, the Arsenal are playing Satterthwaite instead of TT Fitchy um, this being due to the TT Fitchy's inability to absent himself from business so he had a job to do um, should the weather be at all tolerable so great is the interest in this encounter that the enormous attendance at Plumstead will be equaled uh, in anticipation of this the Mill directors officially state they cannot guarantee ticket holders their reserved seats unless those seats are claimed by two o'clock, one hour before kickoff. So clearly um, a frenzy of excitement. And then the final um, report, which was the it was actually proved to be a one nil win for the Dockers, as they were then. And the headline from the, the Daily News against Arsenal undone, how Millwall rushed them out of the of the cup. Um, will once more prove their cup fighting capabilities by effectually accounting for Woolwich Arsenal. Their undoubted superior, superiority at this kind of game is, is indica not indicating the results. So we, we were clearly the better team by our vigorous play. Wonderfully um, literary reports used to get back then in those old um, pre-First World War um, papers. So yeah, huge, two huge crowds, one in Plumstead, one on the Isle of Dogs, and a win for the Lions in 1909. Um, I think we, we fell out of the cup in the round afterwards, but that was a, two great fixtures against our, our then rivals from Woolwich, Woolwich Arsenal. You are listening to Achten Millwall. So thank you for, forget, for indulging me, those, those two um, reports, chaps. We're going to move along, well, so 80, 80 years, it'll be 80 years before we play the Arsenal again to 1988, 9th uh, of January, 1988, Arsenal 2, Who was there? Did you go to that game, Jim? Uh, that that oh. FA Cup? No. no I, I had a Saturday job, uh, as does in Cholton, um, yeah. which actually allowed me to start, uh, believe it or not, at 6 o'clock on a Saturday night. So uh, I managed to get to all the home games because my dad would then drop me off and and I'd do then carry on with me, me work on a Saturday night. But... No, I didn't go to this game. I remember what seeing the result while working in the electrical department at Aston and Charlton. No, I didn't go, and I can't think why. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brains all morning why I didn't go to this. What about you, Neil? Were you at this this fixture at Highbury? No, this is one of the ones where I was reliant on my dad to get me a ticket, and he failed. Um, ah. So this is a continuing theme in my We've... whole life, as listeners remembered the last show. But <laughs> it was um, it was quite hard to get a ticket for that one, wasn't it? Because um, was... the Mirror um, was advertising how we were going to steal the clock from the clock end, etc. Um, but you're forgetting, actually, that we did actually play Arsenal a couple of times in the evening standard five-a-side, including in 1983 when we won it. We beat them in the <laughs> semi-final 3-1. Um, but that was kind of the only times we actually did play Arsenal, as you said. But I remember the game. I remember the result. 
um, and I remember not being very surprised by it. Um, but you know, it was kind of like no one expected anything from that season, really, did they? Then um, it was kind of you know, lo and behold, we ended up playing them four more times over the next few years in the league. Yeah, I mean, at the time we were. In, in the kind of hunt for promotion, um, this would be that this would prove to be the triumphal season where we would actually win the second division. But little did we know that at the time that this fixture took place. So I'm just looking at. Um, well, we'd seem to have fallen into um, a bit of a malaise really in cup times, hadn't we? You know, we whereas previously, you know, we had you know had a reputation of giant killing. It was one of those fallow periods when if we were drawn away against anyone, it was like, oh, we're going to lose that. And there was never an expectation of us winning. I mean, we had 85 and we beat Chelsea. But, you know, that was kind of like um, the exception to the rule, wasn't it? We never really did well in the FA Cup during the 80s. We just no. like, turned up in the third round and went home. I mean, it's, I suppose the, 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 the pre-match reportage was quite hysterical. Um, you're right. That was the game where there were, um, I mean, she, it, ludicrous reports how can you steal the, the clock at the clock end i mean it, you'd need um you know major major levels of building equipment to, to get it down and then somehow ferret it out of the ground would be a, a huge job but the the papers were hysterically whipping up the um you know the, the the atmosphere prior to the game i think that was the cause or the spark um that led to the formation of the, the lion roars uh, fanzine as a as a kind of like a, an anger um a response to get the get the truth out in some ways. So I suppose it, those those reports had their their function at the time. But yeah, I mean, going into the game, we're fourth in the in Division Two. I I mean, I I remember there being a lot of excitement, high excitement at the, at the prospect of playing Arsenal. Um, I suppose it was the first big game we'd had in in some time at Millwall. Um, some hysterical reporting. I'm just just look found a link here to the Islington Gazette the afternoon that went bonkers with crowd trouble and pubs being, um, you know, molested and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's such were the times, weren't they? I mean, 1988 was, um, you know, in that kind of um, pre-Hillsborough uh, period. When did that happen? Hillsborough was 80, 85, so 89. So no, Hillsborough was the year, year after, yeah. But um, we were, yeah, everyone was banned from Europe, weren't they? So it was because, kind of following yeah. Heisel, yeah. So, um Right kind of thing, wrong game. Yeah. The Arsenal team that day was a decent team when you look at it. John Lukic, Tony Adams, Kenny Sanson, David O'Leary, Nigel Winterburn, Martin Hayes, I think it was, Kevin Richardson, Paul Merson, David Rowcastle, um, Williams. I can't remember. David, was that David Williams up front? I can't remember his first name. Steve and Williams. Steve Williams. Steve Williams, midfielder, wasn't it? Steve yeah, he used to play for Southampton. And Luton, wasn't it? Was it? I've forgotten him. No, he, 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 bad done. He, played, he made his name at Southampton in the early 80s, won a few England caps and went to Arsenal. Not, not really a lot to write home about. He was one of those um, players that would win a, you know, a handful of international caps like Lee Duxbury and uh, David Armstrong and you know, even uh, John Gregory and then just kind of disappeared because they weren't really up to it. But I remember him going to Arsenal. And Alan Smith was his strike partner. The goals that day for Arsenal were scored by Martin Hayes in the 10th minute and uh, Rocky Rowcastle on, on on 22. So it was a bit of a damp squib of a game in many ways. I, I, I followed it on the radio. I couldn't get a ticket to go. Uh, I remember being 2-0 down quite swiftly into the game. And I, I suppose we just never, never had the, um, you know, the quality to, to get, 
get back two goals at an away fixture at Arsenal. But that team seems very beatable, doesn't it? And it doesn't seem a team that, you in know. Ret- in retrospect, it does. Yeah. Um, I think at the time, um, I mean, the, the, I just look at the Lions team that day Brian Hall in goal, Dennis Salmon, Nicky Coleman, Keith Stevens, Alan Walker. There's a little forgot, there's a forgotten player, Alan Walker, isn't he? Uh-huh. Nicky Coleman, say no more. That's why we lost. <laughs> I mean, Adam McCleary, Kevin O'Callaghan, Teddy and Cass and Jimmy Carter. I mean, that was probably a better 11 than I probably would have given it credit for at the time. And that, as you say, in hindsight, uh, Neil, the Arsenal team looked beatable in a way that it probably didn't at the time. But I suppose this, this is crystal clear um, hindsight, isn't it? Looking back all those years, 30 odd years. Um, did you did you have it in for, for, for Coleman, Jim? Uh, he used to generate a lot of... Um, Hostility around me on the halfway line. Not personally, but it was just uh, peer pressure. When it everyone did, or most people did, so you joined in, didn't you? Really. <laughs> and Walk, Alan Walker as well. He used to draw some some um, venom, which I, I always was a bit unjust. I don't think he was that bad a player, but um, that was the that was the old den, wasn't it? People used to get irrational dislikes of certain players. Well, uh, Teddy carrying them out of that team when he first started did as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, he used to draw some um, comment, didn't he? Because he was seen as as lazy. I think we've always um, we've always mistrusted flair and quality, haven't we? Somehow at the den, it's never been um, you know maximum commitment is always seen as the better attribute over touch and 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 um, you know the higher the higher virtues of football. Um, I will be sticking links there. There are some um, video um, which I won't play now because I'm on the same. Um, uh, device at the moment, so it'll, it'll over-record this this recording. But I'll, I'll put the links out. There's some TV footage on YouTube for this particular game. But I think that was probably on balance. I don't know if, if you'd agree, chaps. But I think we we were beaten by the we were well beaten that day. I think it was a decisive win for for Arsenal this particular day, in 1988. Would you agree? Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a surprise. It was. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like those one one of the mill results that you kind of expected and everyone moved on. So we'll move on um, to a game where it still slightly hurts me, this game. Um, this is in Division 1. Um, we're into the 89 part of the Division 1, 88-89 season, 11th of February. Um, and this one still rankles for me because I felt that we should have done better in this game. And indeed did lead at one point. Um, so this was Millwall 1, Arsenal 2. That was my goal, ref! That was my goal! You cheat! You, you cheat! You cheat! <laughs> <laughs> was this the game where the referee was Mike, David Ellery? Was, was, that, was that the game? Yeah. Or was, was yeah. it the one later? This, this was the game, yeah. So there's, I've, I've found footage. I didn't know if it was this game or the other. Or the, there was another one in, in, in the November following season, also 2 1 to Arsenal, but I couldn't work out whether it was this one or the other one. But so it was this game. This was a famous, um, I think they actually pulled a documentary, didn't they, Neil? They, they didn't show this documentary. It was... Yeah, it was, um, they, they mic'd up David Ellery. Um, and it was meant to be part of a kind of like, no, when they used to have nationwide that kind of program, yeah. special news report. Um, and you know, as the, the story goes, that Mill told their players and Arsenal forgot to tell theirs. That's why you know all the Arsenal players were swearing at the ref. And uh, that could work. be why that could be why we lost the game actually, because it took away a bit of the venom. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, you know, you harang the ref and what have you, and they were on their best behaviour. Which you know, if you do that, you lose a bit of bite. 
But yes, the YouTube footage is very funny. And Tony Adams, you know, the, the cardinal rule that there's two C words you should never call the ref. One is cheat and the other one is clown, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> wasn't there David Ellery? Wasn't he a school teacher or he's like a, a headmaster or something? He like was. That? He was a headmaster at a public school. Um, uh, and there's footage of him talking to the players like they were at school, you know, <laughs> telling them to stand up straight and things like that. <laughs> Oh dear. Um we, we took the lead um across in from the left. I think it was a header, a rare header from Jimmy Carter that put us in front. And then um Brian Marwood and Smith were after, which I think was just after the break. I think the court was slightly cold and flat footed after the half time break, if memory serves. Were you there for that one, Jim, this game? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it still hurts me. Um I, irrationally over all these years it's it, I felt we should have we, we we you know we it was a game we should have had that day I think because I think we we had the team to match them more than match them that particular day um so the Arsenal side that day John Lukic uh, uh Dixon what's his name um Lee Dixon Nigel Winterburn Michael Thomas then uh, David O'Leary and called Dennis O'Leary he's a comedian isn't he Steve Bowles uh came over O'Leary uh Tony Adams Roe Castle Richardson, Smith, Merson, and Brian Marwood. There's a little not forgotten name from the 80s, Brian Marwood. Um, Lions team was a better team, a clearly better team than the previous season. Brian Horn, Ian Dawes, McCleary. I struggled with Dave Thompson. I was, I was interested to get your views. If I'll finish the team. I'll come back to Dave Thompson on, on Thompson as a defender. Um, Herlock, Steve Wood, Briley, as my spell check has put it, there's Bailey. I thought it's Bailey. I can't remember Bailey. It's Les Briley, Jimmy Carter, Teddy Sheringham, Cascarino, and is that Co Callahan? Was I think was he was he in the team that day? Should have been O'Callaghan. Yeah, would have been O'Callaghan. Um yeah. Dave Thompson. Did you like him as a defender, Jimmy Webb and Neil Andrews? Who wants to go first on Dave Thompson? I've only got one word to say about Dave Thompson. What is that word? Is it clown or is it is it, is it cheat? No, it's another C word. It's another C word, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not. What about you, Neil? Did you like him, or did you rate him? Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, he used to come in, and he used to be quite solid, but he used to be vulnerable to the odd error. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't think it was as bad as people made out, um, but obviously. You had Wooden McCleary, and when he came in, um, you lost that kind of cohesion in the back four. But, I, you know, aside from the C word Jim's thinking of, I can't recall him having, you know, a horrendously bad game compared to some centre-halves we've had down the years. But, um, you know, even, you know, like you say, at that game, I, I still say, you know, there was a, there was a lack of bite that day. If I yeah. I remember them, you know, it, it seems like, you know, you, you put it down to being off-key. I wonder if it was because they were all mic'd up. I remember, you know, like you say, being slightly disappointed with the result coming away from Den that day. Like, you know, there, there was an opportunity to put one over the, on the big boys um, kind of thing. And, you know, as at the time we were, you know, both as silly as it sounds, challenging for the title as well. We were um, contenders. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I was more upset about the game afterwards. Um, do, really. you, do you also think that that Arsenal game was really, and I'm just looking at the fiction now, that was probably the first one of what you'd call the big boys to come to the den next season they it was the, it was the first game i think where we were taking ourselves seriously i think at that by that point i mean as neil just touched on we were 
Well, the, the result put us back to seventh, but um, when we came to the reverse fixture, at, um, we had a couple of wins to follow this, so we, we used it as a spark, and we beat Middlesbrough and then Coventry. Um, so we were third in the in the in the league table, going to Arsenal in the reverse fixture. But I think my memory, and I, I don't know what you boys think, but I, I, I was starting to take us seriously, and thinking it's ludicrous to to say it, and even now, for, you know, thirty odd years later, to say it. But we were in with a shout of the Football League title, chance to be champions of the league. And it was, I don't know if that slightly um, uh, overwhelmed the team slightly, but I mean, the, the reverse fixture, we, we were third place. We were we were thinking we've got a chance and a shout here. You think if we're moving on to the, the reserve fixture, which was only a couple of weeks later, if VAR kicked in by then and if Les Briley's goal had stood, I mean, two things. Arsenal wouldn't have had to go to Liverpool to win 2-0 in the final game of the season to win the league. No. And and would have that been the absolute spark for keeping us, you know, keeping us in the running? Yeah, but, uh, yeah potentially all I was going to say was that I remember that we had a few bad runs and then so, um, I remember we, I think we were still full, but we were something like 50 to 1 to win the title. Liverpool was starting their charge. And we seemed to start playing loads of fringe players. Um, I remember Darren Tracy getting a run out and Wes Reed and people like that. And we started losing games towards the end of the season. And I think that was because they were giving everyone a fair crack at the whip. Um, and, you know, I still think, you know, if there had been European qualification, would we have kept it up to qualify for Europe? You know, because back then, you know, England's English sides used to get five UEFA Cup places. So it was yeah. quite feasible. We would have got into Europe had Europe still been there. And so there's a lot of, ifs, buts, and, you know, wherever it's, but, but for Heysel, I think you would have seen a completely different set of results in the league um, in the next five years after Heysel, and I think us finishing 10th was not a fair reflection of how well we played, I think it was a reflection of how fair John Doherty was in giving players a fair chance in the first division as the, as the kind of the title drifted away from us. I mean, we went to, the Arsenal reverse fixture took place just a couple of weeks later, strangely, we, we played Arsenal in the 2-1 loss at home on the 11th of February 89 and then we've gone to Highbury um, on the on the 28th of February that was a, a Tuesday or Wednesday night I can't remember which now it was a midweek game at Arsenal just two weeks later on the 28th 37,500 in Highbury so huge crowd um, it finished nil-nil there's the famous Briley goal that um, was was disallowed the 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 footage I'll, I'll put a link out when i put the show notes on for the show the the footage is very poor quality um but you can you can fathom enough out of the millwater team in yellow if you do watch it they're the fuzzed team in yellow that night and arsenal being red but we, we had chances we went close we were we were contenders at that point and i think you know the results to follow we would then go on and beat luton 2-1 we beat Aston Villa at home, game I remember well, uh, March 1989, and that was it. We didn't win another game. Um, we fell from third place all the way down to tenth to finish. Mm. I and remember the um, sorry, I remember the match report. Sorry, I remember reading quite vividly. Um, I was in sixth form at the time, and they used to being the score I was at. They used to put in newspapers, but you only had a certain type of newspaper. So it was the Guardian, Times, Telegraph, the Independent. I remember I was on prefect duty in the halls and I took the independent with me. I still remember reading the report and it was so positive about Millwall, about, you know, how they're unlucky not to win, how the goal was contentiously disallowed, you know, how they should have come away with the three points. Um, and that report was probably stuck in my mind more than the actual game, funny enough. 
um, they went into quite detail about the offside. Um, yeah. I think technically, by the rules of that that day, you know, you, you could say yes, he was offside, but you know, he was on the other side of the pitch. He clearly wasn't interfering with play. And I think it was one of the goals that was kind of used to actually change the offside rule eventually, um, yeah. because it was just such a bizarre decision. It's an interesting point you made earlier on, though, about fringe players starting to creep into the squad. I'm just looking at the Mill team that night at Highbury. Um, Brian Holm, McCleary, Sparham, Sean Sparham played that night, which had escaped me till I just checked the, the teams. Uh, Herlock Thompson again with that name again, Wood, Carter, Briley, Sheringham, Cascarino and, 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 and O'Callaghan. I mean, I don't know. I can't remember the injuries, and I can't remember why Sean, how Sean Sparham found himself in the side that night. But um, you know, the, the, these are players that would not probably have thought of themselves as first division level. Um, I, I'm actually struggling to remember much about Sean Sparham as I'm speaking. Um, I can't remember a huge amount of detail about him. But players that would, you know, were fringe fringe members of the squad were starting to creep into the side. It doesn't imply championship level depth, does it? You know, looking back all these years. So he, he covered for uh, Ian Dawes, didn't he, Sean Sparham? Yeah. Dawes good for quite yeah. a while. He'd left that and he was about the same height as Ian Dawes and obviously didn't have Ian Dawes left foot or right foot. No, no, not bad player. I'm just going to no. look at his stats whilst we're... I'll edit this to make it sound as though I've got the stats immediately to hand. Well, 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 you're looking at the stats. But the, the two things I remember about that night, because I, I was at Highbury that night, was well, th- three things. First time, it's the first time I ever jumped the fair gates of Charing Cross without paying a fare from Greenlight, where I was uh, living at the time. <laughs> second, the second thing was getting to Highbury, and it wasn't all tickets, so you could pay on the day. Right. I, I remember most of the game, my feet hadn't touched the ground. It's the most packed I've ever been in an away end. Well, 37,500 in, in Highbury. Yeah, and, and the other thing as well is that I've just watched the highlights of that this game again, just to remind me. And, and you know, I always thought Briley's shot was from about, I don't know, age, you know, obviously plays tricks on your mm. memory. I, I thought it was from about 35, 40 yards. But watching it, and it was just outside the box. I mean, it was a great finish. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's amazing how, you know, you and you also realise that the away end um, was, a, it was only really half of the away end that was being used. Yeah. It's why it was so packed. There was a massive, like, a dead zone behind the goal there. There was no crowd. It's, it's great watching these old games. I mean, I'm sure you, I mean, we're all of the same vintage, so you would remember them well. But um, I always remember Highbury being this, in my mind, this huge international quality stadium, one of the great, venues of English football, you know, the Arsenal and the, the Marble Halls. And when you see it, it looks quite small. You know, it it, it isn't, um, when you compare it maybe with their replacement Emirates Stadium and then the other grand um, constructions that have taken place since, it looks like it's not that far beyond the den. It's 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 got bigger side stands and it's got maybe some bigger terracing at either end, but it's visibly in touch with grounds like Colblow Lane. You know, it's, it's not that far apart. And you can see in retrospect with the Hillsborough and the Taylor Report and the rest of it why football felt it had to change. Well, I do think we, we lost something. I mean, you couldn't do what you've done there now, Jim, because you couldn't pitch up a major first division game on the night no. well, on, a, on a fancy, you know, hoof it up from Green Ive and then, then pay on the day. It just wouldn't happen anymore. You'd have to use an Oyster card. You'd have to use an Oyster card. <laughs> You'd have to have a ticket, more like. Sean Sparham was a youth product. Um, only played 25 times for Millwall between 86-87 um, and 89-90. He retired due to injury in 1991, which I had, I had forgotten. 
Um, he played 10 times in the first division, four times as a sub, no goals, um, and then six times the following season before, I guess, um, injury injury took took hold. But he was he very much a... Testimonial, you know that? He, he was what, Jim? He had a testimonial. Yeah, he broke his leg, didn't he? he, he I Is that what happened? Now. I think so. I could be but, wrong there, but yeah, I remember he had a really bad injury. And yeah. now he said it. Because he was kind of... Um, not the next big thing, but, you know, we used to produce players that could do a job for a number of seasons. Yeah. And he was kind of like being, um, I was going to say groomed. <laughs> That's obviously the wrong word. Wrong word. Um, we know what you mean yeah. in, in the traditional sense. Yeah. Yes. Um, he was being refined um, to become one of these, <laughs> like, the next generation of players. And then, yeah, he picked up a bad injury. I can't remember who it was against. I think it was in a reverse, uh, reserve fixture. Yeah. No, a player that's kind of faded from my memory, which is, which is a shame because one of the reasons why we were trying to do some of these shows is to mark the contribution of various players. And I'd forgotten that Sean Sparham took place in that that great night. Um, eventually, we would fade away from the title and um, finish 10th. Um, moving along um, to the following season, which was a crushing season, wasn't it? 89 to to 90, the, the, the wheels came off. It was a very strange season looking back. But we actually played Arsenal again relatively swiftly in, in the November um, at home at Coldblow Lane in front of 17,200 fans. Um, Millwall won, Arsenal two. I can't remember this fixture. I, I think large parts of that season have been erased from my memory. But there was very much the start of, a, of the decline of, of, of that promotion winning side in the top flight. But we got beat by Arsenal uh, two. One goal by Teddy Sheringham on 44. Um, and I've got the minutes for the Arsenal uh, goals. Michael Thomas and Niall Quinn was playing for the Gunners that day. I might check the times. I can't remember if we pulled one Thomas back. Thomas we opened the scoring. Yeah, no, yeah Thomas opened the scoring. Uh, yeah. And Quinn scored in the 60th minute. Right. Difficult season, wasn't it? 89-90. I've never quite understood it. And, um, you know, even now you kind of mull over it because we completely went to pieces um from December onwards that, that, that year. Didn't win from Aston Villa, 2-0 home win. And then we just faded away thereafter. Yeah, we had a run of strange results, didn't we? Because we played Chelsea and lost 4-0. Um, and where I was going to score at the time, loads of Chelsea fans all came in saying, you know, Brian Horn was the smallest goalkeeper they'd ever seen because he'd been chipped four times. Lost to the Arsenal and then um, lost to Liverpool at home. But the Arsenal-Liverpool games were quite close. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I remember the um, the Liverpool game in particular um, because yeah, we, Thompson, funny enough, equalised against Liverpool. Two one. I think winner. we had yeah, we had a goal. Yeah, yeah. We had a goal disallowed, or they were saying dodgy about that game. But yeah, like you say, we we were just we just fell apart, really, didn't we? I mean, the Arsenal. I mean, Horn would actually go on to lose his place to Keith Brannigan as the season progressed. Um, we play Arsenal again later on that season. We'll come on to that in a moment. But Keith Brannigan came in to replace Brannigan. I mean, I, I always thought Brannigan was an OK keeper, but not sure he was decidedly better than Brian Hall. Maybe it was just the fact that Corn's confidence was starting to fade at that point. He went on to be an international Brannigan. Did I he? Think he pl- I think he went on to play for Northern Ireland or Republic of Ireland. OK. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't I didn't not like him. He was, he was an OK keeper, but... Um, there I was suppose- that... There was that terrible joke in the football programme about three mill goalkeepers. So we had Aidan Davison, who played for Northern Ireland. Yep. Brannigan, who played for the Republic of Ireland. And then went Brian Orne, who played for Canvey Island. 
Harsh. <laughs> um, two ones. So I'm in the middle team this day. Middle one, Arsenal two. This was played the 11th of the 11th, 89. Brian Hall, Keith Stevens, uh, Ian Dawes, Terry Herlock, Dave Thompson, McCleary, Carter, Waddock. There's a name. This is where I, I started to struggle with the season. The arrival of Gary Waddock. Did you? Did you? What did you think of Gary Waddock, Jim? All these years afterwards, with the pain of it all that's Waddock, healed. Waddock, Waddock. Insert your brain of expletive in here. He was all right. He, he liked the sideway pass and a, and, and a set yeah. party. Was it Luton? I, Luton. I liked, no, he came from Charleroi in Belgium. Yeah. Because he um he used to play for QPR, didn't he? And he had an injury and he right. retired. They paid the insurance company off, didn't they? Yeah, they did. When he came back to English football, we had to pay the insurance company back. Um, that's such a Millwall, that's such a Millwall transfer move, isn't it? But to be fair to Gary Waddock, I actually liked him. Um, especially in the nineteen ninety one season. Because I think with him in the side, that's where Sheringham got most of his goals. But um because he allowed Alex Ray to charge forward a lot. He supported Sheringham a lot. And I think he was a very much uh, maligned player. Like you say, for the sideway passes. But he was there at the right time. And he fitted into that team very well. Um, but, you know, he was on the verge of the Ireland squad for the World Cup. Um, due to his performances this season. And I, think- I remember that he was the 23rd man in the squad. And he got told he wasn't going by Jack Chowan at the airport. Before they boarded the flight to Italy. Right. I think it might just be personal spite and venom that comes into some of my judgments after all these years. Um, Sheringham, Cascarino, and now we have a name. One for you here, Jim. Uh, the trolley bus. Steve Anthrobus was on the wing that day. And he played 85 minutes of the Arsenal game before he was replaced by Sean Sparham. Um, I mean, it was it, elements of that side were looking weaker than the previous season. The classic promotion winning side, weren't they? And then... The bus always, it always seemed to have the promise of something, but no one ever knew what it was, and he never delivered it, whatever it was that was, he was promising. Yeah, I was just thinking that because if you work it out, the, 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 the team that started the 89 90 season was pretty much, or if that was, the team that finished 88 89, wasn't it? So, yeah. started the opening day 11. I mean, there's, you're right there, Jim. I mean, Horn, Salmon, Dawes, Hurlock, Wood, McCleary, Briley, Stevens. Sheringham, Cascarino, but um, no Carter, but Ant- Ant- Carter was on the bench, so was Sparham, but Anthropus was starting. I think John Doherty was persevering with Steve Anthropus, and I think he must have seen something. And I, I kind of get, I kind of get it. I know that we will take the piss out of uh, Steve Anthropus, and he took some horrendous um, abuse at the time um, from the den, but he just um, never sparked in the first team. He never, he never made it. There was, there was always a hint of a pacey winger about him. Um, oh, I saw him score a goal. I saw him score a goal. I saw him score a goal at Wimbledon in a 2-2 draw. Diving header against Palace. Yeah. What did you think of him, Jim, at the time? Uh, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm a bit like you. 89-90 was a bit of a funny season for me. Um, I only saw the first half of it and then I got shipped off to college up in Blackpool. So I missed well anything from Christmas onwards on this season. So... I don't really remember much of the pre-Christmas era of this season. And, I mean, I was there every game. I had the season ticket. But I remember, I, yeah, I just don't remember it at all. And, and I mean, Amphibus made a cracking career lower down the league. And he was a Showsbury, scored loads and played loads. Yeah, yeah. He went to Wimbledon, didn't he? Wimbledon from us, um, yeah. That was, that was probably because he scored against them. He, he was suited to that game because of the way Wimbledon played. Because they were, they were dire, Wimbledon. 
at the time. They were absolutely dire. They're, they're, I've been having an argument um, on Facebook of all places. Um, they, they, people keep loving Wimbledon, and I really laid into them. They actually called John Fashionew a lower league player who was a misfit at Millwall. And it's like, what the hell are you talking about? But yeah. um, I remember Amphibus was like a gangly winger who would, you know, go down under a challenge. Um, but, you know, th- there must have been injuries and something, because, you know, the game against our Steve Torpy was on the bench as well. Torpy, um, wow. Yeah, no, wow. it was, you know, it wasn't until later in the season, you know, but then, you know, Goddard arrived. And like you say, I, I remember... We started off well. We we went top, didn't we? Um, yeah, we did. Yeah. And then um, I, I, you just can't put your finger on it, can you? It's just uh, what no. happened, and it's like it just descended into chaos, really. Chaos is a good word for that season. Um, we played Arsenal again. Um, we lost the home game. That's at 89-90. I think we weren't. I can't remember if we were relegated or we were realistically staring at relegation by the time we went to. Um, oh, we were down. We were oh, down. We were down. Yeah, we were down. We were officially officially down. Um, yeah. So the, the the return fixture was played at Highbury, um, 28th of April, 1990. Just 25,000 attended that. When you think that 37 attended the previous season, I suppose Arsenal were drifting to um, um, no no great uh, you know no no great tension. We were down, and I, I couldn't remember if we were officially relegated by this point. Paul Davis and Paul Merson scoring the goals for the Gunners. Um, and that was the end of our first division um, expedition. Under Bro- Pearson, under Pearson, wasn't he? He was a caretaker oh, at the time. Was he? He was manager at this point, wasn't he? Because Douglas yeah, had gone. Yeah. Um, Pearson was was manager. His piece was the uh, program notes for him. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> didn't he? Didn't he used to wear like a like a, a tank top? A brown um, tank top type jumper and a pair of flared trousers from 1973 I think he was. <laughs> he was he was standing at the gates of the den i remember that thing as well <laughs> mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You are listening to Achten Milwaal. 
So we move along, gentlemen. Um, that was the end of the first division fixtures against Arsenal. We're all cup fixtures from here onwards now. We're going to go to a League Cup game. Uh, well, actually, it's a, it's a, t- a two-legged affair. I've forgotten it was a two-legged aff- uh, match. Um, Arsenal won, Millwall won in the League Cup first, uh, second round first leg in 1992. This would be at Highbury in front of 25,000. Um, the Arsenal team that day, David Seaman in goal, Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn, Steve Hillier, can't think of his, his first name. Um, David Hillier, wouldn't it? David Hillier, sorry. Steve Bold, David Hillier, apologies, listeners. Tony Adams, Ray Parler, Ian Wright, Alan Smith, Paul Merson and Anders Limpar, who was replaced by, by Kevin Campbell, who scored their goal. We actually took the lead um, in this game, which I've forgotten. Andy so, Roberts not David Seaman in front of the uh, the mural behind the goal. That's right. That was the season they were demolishing the um, the, uh, the, the, the the North Bank. The wasn't it? Clock end. Yeah. No, yeah. it was the North Bank. Is it the North Bank? It was the clock end. They demolished. No, no, no. That was it. They were demolishing oh, no, I the. the um, um, I know Tony Adams ran out onto the pitch and applauded the mural. Yeah. <laughs> Just for younger listeners who might be mystified as to what that's all about, they Arsenal are rebuilding the terracing of the North Bank, which is their famous um, home end. Um, and whilst that was being demolished and rebuilt with a seated stand, if memory serves, at the old ground there, they had a mural of a crowd, didn't they? Um, um, but yeah, the Mill team for this game, Casey Keller, great goalkeeper, Casey Keller. Uh, Kenny Cunningham, great defender. This, is, this feels a better, a better Mill 11 to me as I'm reading the names. Kenny Cunningham, Ian Dawes, Andy May, Colin Cooper, Keith Stevens, Andy Roberts, Tony Dolby, um, replaced by John McGinley. There's a name from the past, chaps, on the 74th minute. Malcolm Allen, John Goodman, and and Phil Barber. That I mean, maybe you could um, query uh, Barber and possibly Dolby as in 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 terms of. Um, quality but it feels like a decent Millwall 11 to me and they went to Highbury took the lead and came away with a first leg draw which is not a bad result really given did that we're now in Division man, 2. But did they ever find the man with the bubble hat? <laughs> what the uh, in, in on the mural or in the uh, in, in no, the prayer? This was the game where Ian Wright claimed that he got hit on the head with a 50 pence coin <laughs> by a Millwall who was wearing a I bubble thought that hat. Was a, I thought that was at the den. I thought that was at the den. I'm, I'm sure, and, I, and I'll tell you why, because I, on a previous show, remember we were speaking about my, a very good friend of mine who's an Arsenal supporter. So when Millwall played at Millwall, he used to come with me, and, and whenever we went to Highbury, I used to go in the home end. Right. And it happened, or or was we allowed down the old, there was like a chicken run at Arsenal on the halfway line, and I remember being in there for this game. Right. Because that's I'm, how I remember Robert scoring, lobbing Seaman, um, well, that's probably not the right thing to say, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving it all in. I'm going to leave it all in. I'm, but, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Ian Wright went... He, oh, I was going to say, Ian Wright went down just in front of me. <laughs> Having lost some semen. <laughs> <laughs> show's descending oh, into fair. smuts. I'm going to put an, an explicit tag on this show. <laughs> I Welcome can't remember. to carry your next song, Newell. Oh dear! So twenty thousand um, for this league cup. I suppose it's um, from the Arsenal perspective, first division v second division Millwall. Just twenty one thousand turn out for it. Um, I do remember the second leg um, at the Den, the new, uh, the old Den, wasn't it? Um, Eighteen thousand five hundred in Coldblow Lane. 
Again, one all draw. Um, Campbell for Arsenal and a Lee Dixon own goal very shortly afterwards, taking us to a penalty shootout at the Den. And we never win. I, I don't know. It's, you, you two boys have been around the track a few times like me, but I can't remember us ever doing very well in penalty shootouts as a club. We seem to fail. We're like England. We don't seem to favour penalty shootouts. Chelsea in the cup. Yeah, that would be the exception. We, um, we'd actually won a penalty shootout at the old den before this. We beat um, Bradford City on our way to the Football League trophy victory in, um, what was it, 82-83? Yeah, although, although we did lose to Bournemouth the following year in a penalty shootout in the Associate Members' Cup at the den as well. You have the but, advantage um, of me, Mr Andrews, on there. I can't but remember we, that one. We are, we are the, the, you know, my, my greatest penalty shootout was it against Northampton Town in the League Cup. In about, what was it, 97, 98, where we scored our first penalty, then everyone missed theirs until we got to our fifth penalty, <laughs> and we scored it to win 2-0. <laughs> so not quite the world's worst shooter, because Arsenal won this one 3-1 on penalties. So clearly, um, we hadn't been practising our penalties that week, that's for sure. Um, but it, it's, I swear that Arsenal missed their first one. I, yeah, Keller saved yeah. the penalty, penalty yeah. Well, we, we followed suit and was impolite not to keep on missing them in that case, it seems. So the one thing where I looked at those penalties earlier, and the one thing I realised is that we had Ian Dawes, who was notoriously our left-back, but was right-footed. Yes, he but, was, yeah. But yeah. we signed Colin Cooper, as, who started out as a left-back, and he took his penalty with his right foot as well. He used to have a decent free kick on him, didn't he? You'd expect him to be a decent penalty taker. He did. He had a very good free kick on him from outside yeah. the box, with his left Great. foot, funny enough. Great defender, um, great free tick, free kick, free kick taker, <laughs> and a great person. He was just a world, a personality at the den, wasn't he? He really made an impact in his short. Uh, yeah, he moved in, Yeah, he moved into centre half this season, though, didn't he? Yeah, he became centre half. This, this right is back, where yeah, uh, his career yeah. changed. He went on to play for England. Yeah, yeah. great, great player. Um, there we are. That was the end of our League Cup run. We never seem to do very well in the League Cup. Um, Lee Dixon should have been sent off in that game as well. Should he? What was the incident? Yeah, that's, he that's right. He should have. In the first half. And then it was a few minutes later and, and it, there was a decision made against it. was either him or Arsenal. And he picked the ball up and he kicked it. And I'm sure he kicked it over the, the seats. Did he? should have been another yellow card. And um, Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Well, did he deliver howling, howling for his blood. Yeah, petulant and petulant and miserable. What an awful combination, Lee Dixon. We never never took to him personally. Before before we move on, I've got a very embarrassing anecdote about Tony Dolby. Go on. Um, because in the no the old squad photos, you know they used to be quite far away, so you could never clearly see the players. Yeah. With my nineties indie air style, I had a passing resemblance to Tony Dolby. <laughs> and my mate had a passing resemblance to Alex Ray. And we used to go to parties and produce this photo and pretend we were Tony Dolby and Alex Ray. <laughs> Did you go to the hairdresser and say, give me a Tony Dolby? <laughs> Not quite, no. It's just one of those quirky uh, indie styles of the time that you had. It was an honest, honest striker for Millwall. I mean, Tony Dolby was never, uh, didn't, you know, I know the Dolby's are Mill, uh, Mill family. Um but he, and he was—he gave everything out to give. He wasn't a bad striker, but he wasn't brilliant, was he? I mean, he, he, was, he gave it all. But I think I'm right in thinking he was one of the first players Mick McCarthy destroyed their career because he had a habit of falling out with players, and yeah. you know he would destroy. Uwe Fuchs is another one. 
you know, he would really lay into players behind the scenes and, you know, rip them to shreds. I remember Dobie going on loan to Barnet, things like that. And when Jimmy Nicholl took over, he put him straight back in the first team and he went on a goal-scoring run, didn't he? He scored twice um, the following season, something like that, because they moved him to left wing, didn't they? But um, I remember he didn't feature in the first team for absolute ages until um, McCarthy left and then he was back in. Yeah, I mean, it, it never, I always wanted him to do well, I suppose, being, you know, Millwall fan and all the rest of it. Um, but he just never never took off for the club. I'm just trying to find some career details for Tony Dolby. Um, Cracking free kick away at Luton. I remember that yeah. game. And he scored with his header in the game before. I remember he, he came back under Nickel as a left winger and mm. KG left back. And he was one of our better players that season. Well, Tony, if you're listening to the show, do get in touch. There's no Wikipedia page for you, mate. I think that's that's a, that's remiss. I think you need to get a, a Wikipedia page for Tony Dolby, but I'll, I'll, I'll look at him another another time. Let's look um, up. Let's, let's look up Tony uh, Thomas Dolby's stats instead. Thomas Dolby, yes. Um, the, the pop- we don't want to blind Jerry on science. No, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Funny enough, I, well, I don't know what it's for me with Dolby's, but I share a birthday with Thomas Dolby. <laughs> Dolby surround system used to be like a stereo. I never quite fathomed out what it did, but it was supposed to be really good. So Tony Dolby's brother's actually quite active on Facebook at the moment. Obviously. Yeah, Lee, Lee Dolby, I think. Yeah. So um, the, the, I always wonder what happened to Tony Dolby after he left. I, I had an idea he fell into kind of non-league football, but I wonder again. I wonder whether he was injured or whether whether McCarthy, as Nils hinted at there, whether whether he didn't do him any favours in, in in career terms. You know, it'd be nice to find out. So if anyone's listening from the Dolby clan, do do get in touch. Be good to talk. Um, we're going to move along, chaps. Not many more fixtures to go now. In the we had a, a run of games against Arsenal. We drew them in the FA Cup in 1994, 10th of January 1994 at now Zampa Road, and I think it has the honour of being the biggest attendance at the new stadium, 20,093 fans, which I think is just a few shorts of the official capacity, which is 20,100 and something, if memory. Serves. Yeah, it's fascinating maximum attendance uh, of the capacity, isn't it? Um, we're at 146. You think you do it in blocks of, um, you know, a round figure. But anyway, um, so just a few short of that that capacity. Um, I think Arsenal had the whole of the away end and they were allowed to sell tickets right up to the front row. Um, and it was a game that was... Um, it was a close fought thing, actually. I think we, we took the game to them, but... Um, a kind of a scuffed goal from Tony Adams right on the stroke of half time, if memory serves. Full time, uh, wasn't it? Was it 45 minutes? I've written down. Full time, yeah. Full was time. It, full, it was full time. The, the corner yeah. came in and Adams went up to head the ball. Keller went to catch it and everyone was convinced that Adams fouled Keller into getting the ball and putting it in the back of the net. Was that full time? Yeah. I, th- I thought it was half time. Yeah, I right. not... no, it was the A9 because I remember we went down the other end and I could be wrong here. You're right. It could be the game You're after. Right and I'm wrong. Yeah, but 99, yeah. straight after we had a corner and Keith Stevens almost equalised. So we took him very close that night. That's a, that's a yeah. team. It was, it was uh, a Monday night game. It was live on Sky as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, I met, my mate came with me, um, who turned out to be a bit of a bock. Every time he's seen Millwall play, we've lost. Um, so he's banned from ever watching Millwall, even on telly. Um, but he came along as well. Um, and uh, he, he, you know, he was a neutral. He came out and said, yeah, you were robbed of that. So, you know, it's like, it, it, I remember it being a very um, tactical game. Everyone, you know, 
people nullifying each other over the pitch. So it was a game of very few chances, if I remember correctly. Millwall lineup that night. Casey Keller was in goal. Richard Huxford, there's a name from the past, champs. I, 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 I can't remember much of Richard Huxford, but there he was in that in that eleven. Ben Thatcher. He was a god squatter. I thought he was. I thought he was. Um, ben Thatcher wasn't. I don't think. Um, Randy Roberts, Pat Van Den Howe. There's a name from the past. Um, Keith Stevens, Alex Ray, Etienne Vervia. I loved Etienne. He was a great player. Dave Mitchell, really honest striker up front. John Goodman uh, and Phil Barber. And off the bench, I think, was was uh, Jamie Morley. There's a name from the past as well. Jamie Morley. Um, that's a decent 11 because that was a strange season. That was the first season at the new ground, wasn't it? And we we struggled at the start. I think maybe it was the new surroundings. It was or something. We did the season didn't really kick start, and yet we finished up going close in the playoffs. That that that's um, 93, 94. Yeah, we had a lot of new signings, didn't we? So that took an age for the team to bed in. I remember, you know, we started the season with uh, Gavin Maguire, Tony McCarthy in the side, um, yeah. Ian Bogey. Bogey. Uh, you know, Bruce Murray was playing up front. Uh, John Kerr, Tony Dolby. John Byrne was there, and then you look down, and it's like by the end of the season, it's a completely different side. Yeah, and a much improved side by the, in my opinion, as as, mm. as the season pro- progressed. Um, but yeah, there we are, one nil two to Arsenal. Pat Van Den Howe. I always had, I never liked Pat Van Den Howe. His mum and dad lived on the Ferrier Estate, and I was managing for Greenwich Council at the time, and I remember Pat screaming down the phone at us one day because I think the heating system had broken down on the estate and his mum and dad were, were chilly and he was doing his nuts saying now we're all uh, we're all fucking useless at Greenwich Council which was correct you know he had a he had a point but then I harsh thought, but okay, fair harsh but fair but I thought well you're not much better in the Millwall shirt either but anyway that's there it is so that's he Pat still v- doesn't mention that phone call in his autobiography I think maybe he's forgotten it. I don't. I will never it, it, could, it. it could be in the new volume that's coming out soon. It's going to go. I don't know how. My struggle against autocracy. <laughs> my my memoirs. It's certainly going to go in there. It's my brush with celebrity. The one side. I remember he he played for Wales, but he could have played for Belgium. But the reason why he didn't play for Belgium was he would have had to have done national service. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's serving the Belgium army. The Belgian yeah. army. Um, Mar- ninety four was the year of Warren Patmore. It was indeed. Was he? It was. Was he the golfer? Was he the professional golfer? Yeah. Golfer, and he played about twenty. Came on substitute for one game. Played about fifteen minutes, and and I'm sure his first movement was that he had a header that hit the crossbar. (laughs) And that was it. That was his his Millwall career over and done with. Um, What times? What times they were. And also that Arsenal game the day after. Do you remember when Sky used to have a program called? I think it was called the Footballers Football Show. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Filmed it at the den the next night, and mm. uh, there was people like we all because I remember going. Richard Keys was up there doing his bit, and I think McCarthy was on the top table, and someone else, and it it went out on on Sky on a Tuesday night or something like that. So. So that was the end of that cup run, boys. One 0 win in the event, an 89th minute, not 45 as I've written down here for Arsenal. But we're going to come on to better stuff. For our final two fixtures in this in this show. You are listening to Achten Millwall. Millwall nil, Arsenal nil in the FA Cup round three. We seem we kept drawing Arsenal. It's really weird. I mean, we've never done it since, and yet at the time we kept drawing Arsenal um, for these wonderful fixtures. So Millwall nil, Arsenal 
nil in on the 7th of Jan 95 in front of 17,700 at the den. Um, I think we we're unlucky in this game. I think we, we went close a few times. I watched the um, highlights of the first game, which um, I'll put links on in the show notes for these fixtures for anyone that wants to see these old old time games. Um, we actually had a few chances to, to snatch it at the den. And Didn't we went... Dave Mitchell go close? I remember yeah. Dave Mitchell having a header that just went past the post. Yeah, yeah. But there, there was, if I remember right, everyone went close, but there, neither goalkeeper made a save. No, it was, it was a close run thing. Um, the highlights had about 50 seconds, so you don't get a huge amount. But I think that was one of the incidents they showed, the the Dave Mitchell chance. Um, so it took us to one of the, probably the landmark fixtures in Mill history, really, the the replay at Highbury. Who, who, who was there? Were you there, Neil? Were you there, Jim? I was there. I was there. In was fact, it, you was... can see me in one of the clips ever so briefly. This is. Were you there, yeah. Jim? Yeah. I was in the home end. I was uh, I was in the uh, north bank in the upper tier of the uh, on the north bank in the seats with the with the uh, Arsenal supporters. I was on the season ticket holder that year, and I went down on the off chance, and I got a pair of the last few tickets that were available. So me and my aunt were actually in the front row behind the goal. To the if you're looking on the YouTube, it was to the right of the goal, um, but obviously to the left of the goal if you're looking from behind. Um, and we were right in front of the policeman. And I remember before the game, they they were kind of having a sweepstake on who would be the first goal scorer. And the, the lineup actually changed, but one of them was saying, oh, I've got number 10, who's that? And in the programme, it was Alex Ray. He ended up wearing number eight, I think. And we were saying, hey, you've got a good chance of winning there. But we didn't do any spoilers. I ended up breaking my seat at Highbury. Did you? Did you? We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that because Arsenal nil, Mill 2, FA Cup third round replay on the 18th of January, 1995. Um, is a bit like the, uh, the, the 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 blind beggar shooting of McVitie um, and the Sex Pistols' first gig, and for my dad uh, when Pushkas scored his goal at Wembley, everyone, practically everyone was there. Um, I was there. We three were there. Um, it was a fantastic night. I, I I went there with a mate of mine who was an Arsenal fan. He got me into a pre-match pub, an Arsenal pub. They were keeping Mill fans out, but they didn't know that I was a Mill fan. So. Um, I think Arsenal were, were not confident coming into this game. They were going through a bit of a lull. Uh, George Graham was the manager, and I think he was very much coming to the end of his of his tenure at, at Highbury at the time. And although on paper they should have won it, they they felt like they were, you know, they weren't confident coming into it. Um, they expected to win it, but Arsenal, it was summed up by the, the front cover of the programme for that match. Because it featured their two new signings and their hopes for their future, Chris Karomna and uh, John Hartson. That just sound, yeah. They just signed them. Um, yeah. And that kind of summed up where Arsenal were at that time. How yeah. well do you remember the game and, and the lead up? Because I remember this game being, the, you know, getting the tube from probably Charing Cross or London Bridge, and the, it was one of us where the tube was bouncing up and down on the tracks. You know, and <laughs> I, I met, yeah. It was. It's one of the most vivid games. I remember yes, it well. My memory. Yeah. 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 I, I remember it very, very well. I, um, I, didn't, I, I still haven't watched the heart. I mean, a lot of these games we've spoken about, and I've gone onto YouTube. I've had no need to go onto YouTube about this game because I remember this game so vividly, so well. And, Do you know, I, would, I got home and I made um, my dad because it was on um, Midweek Sports Special. Or it was, yeah, yeah, it was. yeah. And I made my dad video it. And when I got home, I watched the goals about five times before I went to bed. 
I watched them again and again and again. And um, I was so, well, I, I won't ruin the, the spoiler alert, but I was so sad <laughs> that um, I took Tony Gabba's commentary and that was my um, answer phone message for about three months after that. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. I mean, Arsenal, the, the old Highbury ground was, I mean, it's obviously it's still there in a sense. It's now been turned into um, luxury flats, but the, the side stand and some of the, feeling of the of the old ground remains in that it was it was hemmed in there was there was they used to go through like an odd um past a couple of people's houses like there's like a uh, an arched um alleyway down through uh, yeah you yeah. know you're always going around the back of someone's back garden it was luton had the same has the same quality but highbury was being bigger and you know um with a bigger name you had this really weird brentford style sense of walking past someone's bathroom yeah. to get into a, into a major ground yeah i remember queuing up outside and you know even yeah. then, it felt something different that night. You know, even you know, queuing up to get in, it wasn't like before. No, no, I think we 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 went there with probably from the first leg. I think we had a sense that we had every chance. We we had chances to win at at, at uh, Zampa Road, and we went there with with some feeling that this could be our night. I was in the um, the side stand. I can't remember which what it's called. Is it the East Stand or the West Stand? But on the side, so Arsenal seating. Um, I went there with a mate who was Arsenal. He got me a ticket, so I was in the in the home section, effectively. And I remember being quite impressed by the fact that they had cushioned the, the seats were cushioned. Yeah, I they thought, were wow. padded. They yeah. Were padded. yeah, and this made a big impact on me. I think maybe it's one of the reasons well, why it remains vivid I, in my mind. I can honestly say they weren't padded in the away end. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> and so I had a side view of the goal. And I, I can remember the goal um, going in, the opening goal for Mark Beard. Mark Beard's finest moment well, in a Millwall shirt. Well, I was where I was sitting behind the goal was, was where Mark Beard made contact. So so you had a good view of it, Jim. I didn't yeah, get a good view of it in real time. Uh, I remember, and you know what it's like when, when, you're, you know, when you're in the, the wrong end and your team scores and they're sort of like, you know, it's that I want to get up, but no, I've got to refrain from doing so and I remember looking down and there was a pocket of Millwall supporters in the lower tier who uh, who went absolutely mad when Mark Beard scored that goal and I thought oh I'm not the only one no 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 I kept it together for Mark Beard I mean obviously I was in an Arsenal section and I I didn't get a great view of it I I knew we'd score because I I remember a a ball coming in across the face of the of the far away Arsenal goal and it going in the net I didn't know Beard had scored until the celebration part of of the goal but did you have a good view of it, Neil, when the first did, one went in? Yeah, I did. You must remember they, they were on the first ones. They they kept showing the replay at half time and things like yeah, that. They, well, that but I had a I had a very good view from pitch side. I must admit, and I remember you know, Van Blurk bursting into the box, and when he put the ball across, there was no way Beard was going to miss. No, he's too um, close. Yeah, it, it was you know it was a cracking move. Um, and I'll tell you what, you know. There, there were some players there, you know, the people go, you know, the people like um, Van Blurk, et cetera, they mixed opinions, but they, they, they put some cracking performances that night. They really did put shifts in, you know, every single player. With maybe the exception, actually, of Dave Mitchell, who I cannot recall actually playing in the game. It's the only blank I've got, because I remember um, Ali Edwards um, <laughs> pulling out a great stop from David Seaman in the second half. And, you know, he was unlucky not to score. But, you know, I don't remember Mitchell having much of an impact on the game. Mitchell was not a spectacular forward. He was, he was, he was a workman-like forward, wasn't he? Did you, what did you think of Dave Mitchell, Jim, in your time? Yeah, no, I, I like Mitchell because, as you say, he, he was a worker. But um, Alistair Edwards, um, Perth boy, come, comes from my part of the world. 
and um, right, okay. I met him uh, about two years ago. I, right. I, I, he was doing some kind of training course with a load of junior, you know, football players over here. And, and afterwards, when he'd finished, he was just standing there all on his own, like drinking a cup of tea. So I just walked up to him and said, oh, introduced myself and I said, well, I said, you could have made a right name for yourself if, if you if you had scored a hybrid that night. And he looked at me and I went, yeah, I was there and like <laughs> declared I was a Millwall supporter. And, and, and he just said that he thought he'd scored. And also he had another shot that um, hit the side netting. Right. Cross coming hit and, 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 and he, he was going, and it should have been a corner. And that's all he kept talking about was how he hit the side netting but he'd come off the Arsenal player because that was going in as well. No, the referee did. gave the corner. No, it did. Seaman saved it. Seaman saved it. It should have been a corner. Mm. Um, it was a great stop. He, you know, he really put himself about. He was very unlucky not to score. Um, but, you know, it, again, I, I think uh, Beard had another great chance in the second half. Yeah. But I think we rode our luck as well because, you know, Arsenal had their own chances. They're, you know, Keller could have been sent off, let's be honest. But, yeah. Well, yeah. to be honest, I, I would give him benefit of that. I think the ref played it very well that night because he went up for a high ball and clearly didn't realise where he was. It wasn't like he was doing it on purpose. But um, I, I've got to say that one of the best moments of the night was when Tony Adams missed from six yards out. <laughs> we right had it. <laughs> You're right, we rode our luck. Um, I think I think from an Arsenal perspective, um, the times for, for George Graham were coming to an end. And I suppose it's the cl- the cliche is that when, when you're not playing well, you get no luck. And I think Arsenal would probably say that those incidents were examples of not having any luck that night. And, and we we played our cards um, right. But then how many times in Millwall's life have we had the reverse on us? So, you know, it was nice to enjoy it. And the where I didn't get a great view of the uh, Mark Beer goal, I got a fantastic view of the Mark Kennedy break on the right, on the left, sorry, and then the burying of the shot into the roof of the net on 90 minutes. And I have to say, although I sat tight for the first goal, I didn't, I couldn't um, sit tight for the second one. I actually went mad when that one went in. Um, Arsenal, and there was a load of Millwall fans around me, it turned out. Most of them were Millwall fans rather than Arsenal fans. So I think there was a kind of collective um, uh, moment where we just stood, you know, in, in, in amazement. It was a wonderful, wonderful goal. And um, that's where I broke my seat. What happened, Neil? How did you break your seat? I was jumping up and down on it in front of the policeman and went straight <laughs> through it. Would, uh, wouldn't and they, they, they just they just laughed, to be honest. But um, <laughs> it was like it was just one of those things. I remember the the weigh-in just went absolutely mental. Everyone's kind of even though it was in seats, was surging forwards, kind of thing, and yeah, yeah. hugging everyone, things like that. But um, there, there's a there's a if you watch the goal again on YouTube, there is a very funny moment in that you see Mark Kennedy break, and the nearest Millwall player to him is Dave Savage, who had just come on about nine minutes beforehand. And Dave Savage is sort of like, I think he's running at full pace. Well, it seems like he's running at full pace. And then out of nowhere, Alex Ray comes bursting past him into the box, screaming for the ball. And I think if that sums up two Millwall's players' careers, it was that point. You had the lazy fuck shite, Dave Savage, <laughs> jogging into the box, being overtaken by this mad Scotsman who wants to score a goal, um, you know, and still running in the 90th minute. And it's a brilliant little, you know, um, subplot of that goal, which like, often gets overlooked. But go and watch it again. It's quite funny. It's, it's highly enjoyable viewing. And, of course, we'd, um, we'd prevail on the night too, Neil. We'd then go on to overcome Chelsea. In the um, very shortly afterwards, just ten days later, we played Chelsea 
in a draw at the Den, nil-nil game. Um, mostly, um, the main thing I remember from that game was the old kit. Chelsea had like a grey, psychedelic grey uh, shirt with orange shorts, if memory serves. Yeah, grey and orange. It was awful. Rude Gullit was, Hullet was playing for, for managing, I think, playing manager. Um, and then the reverse fixture, fame. I mean, Talking about penalty shootouts, and we don't do very well. well. To be fair, to be fair to him, I know I've just slated him, but Dave Savage scored a great equaliser. Yeah, that was that was um, that was in the in the away game. At, um, we'd gone behind to Brian Steen. There's a there's a name from the past. Um, Ex Luton player, I think Brian Steen. No, it's Played, a different Steen. Is it a different Steen? It's different Steen. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Mark Steen, the Luton player, aren't you? Mark Steen. No, Brian Steen was the Luton player. Mark Steen was the Chelsea player. Right, I'll, I'll edit that out to make myself sound intelligent. Um, Brian Steen was the Luton player. Mark Steen was the Chelsea player. Who, who was Brian Steen again? <laughs> I'll like, leave it Brian Steen, he was born in South Africa and played for England. Don't know what he's got to do with the Chelsea Mill game, mind. I'll leave that in. I'm never afraid to sound stupid. Never, not stopped me yet in my, my life. So that finished one all uh, full time. And we've you know, hoisted myself another petard here. We will go on to win a famous penalty shootout, uh, 5-4, which um, penalty takers Savage, Van Blurk, Keith Stevens, uh, Andy Robertson, Alex Ray. Uh, I think Chelsea missed their final penalty. Keller saved it. Uh, Keller did, saved it. Did he save it or did he miss it? I can't no, remember. No, Keller saved it. Neil's probably the expert this, but I'm sure the Chelsea penalties, Keller dived the same way for the four penalties. And then the fifth penalty, he, he went the other way where the older Chelsea, or so it was something like that. And you, 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 yeah, I, I, yeah, I think there was there was only one, one he didn't die for. And was it Dennis Wise's? There was one he was kind of wrong footed and he knew, but he was going the right way every time. But I remember when Keith Stevens stepped up thinking, oh my God. And then he just, <laughs> no, here we go. Yeah, he just, you know, captain's job, you're not stopping that. Away <laughs> you go. But I remember Keller saying that, you know, he hadn't saved any of the others and he thought he better, you know, make a contribution to the game and save. <laughs> yeah, we certainly good did save, that. Actually. Yeah, good save. Certainly did that. And then that which took us just to conclude the cup run. It took us on to an away game at QPR. Nil, nil. And then Wilson gets a 91st minute penalty to... Damien Webber handballed it right in front of the mill end. Yeah. Um, Philip Dom was the referee. Yeah. 91 the first minute penalty and that was the end of the cup run for that season. Andy Roberts um, had hit the post minutes beforehand, hadn't he? Mm. And I remember QPR drew Man United at Old Trafford in the quarterfinals. We go, sorry, can we just go back to the hybrid game? Because, um, again, there's another first for me. Because, um, you know, they, they had the big screen so they were showing the highlights. So yes. the, yeah. game, the yeah. game had finished and I'm, I'm in the... Well, there wasn't many people left in the North Bank because all the Arsenal supporters had gone home. And I'm there, and it must have been about 10 minutes after the game finished, and Mark Kennedy's goal had been on the big screen about 10 or 12 times, and each time got a bigger cheer from the middle. <laughs> and, and by now, I'm joining in. And, and bear in mind, it's 10 minutes after the game's finished, a steward has come up to me and said, I'm very sorry, sir, but we don't believe you're an Arsenal supporter. And, this is- <laughs> and, and I said, no, you're right. I'm not an Arsenal supporter. And he said... Well, I'm afraid under the terms and conditions of the stadium, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> it's a very erudite conversation, given the time and circumstances. And I just thought it couldn't happen anywhere but Arsenal, where I was called sir. I was politely asked to leave the ground, if I didn't mind. 
the game finished 10 minutes ago. There's no one else here. Well, Even my stuff. mate got home and left me on my own. You know? uh, George Graham was sacked a few weeks after that because of the bung. Yeah, it, it uh, didn't, didn't last long. Yeah, was it the no, bung? That... It was the bung that got... No, uh, was it the bung? Yeah, I think it was the, the details of the bung came out. Was the bung was the bung not at um, Spurs or was that? At no, Arsenal? no, it was at Arsenal. Um, it was over the John Jensen signing. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, he, he received um, I think it was hundred grand for signing John Jensen from the agent. As, as a, a a dropsy, as as my yeah, yeah. a little dropsy. Um, yeah. Uh, apparently, yeah. Apparently, a few years before he tried to uh, buy Brian Steen, but he'd retired. They should have gone for Mark Steen, didn't they? Should have gone to Mark Steen. <laughs> um, <laughs> listeners, I will not. I'm gonna. Leave, I will leave that in just for my own flagellation. You can. You can pound me on that one. At your, your heart's content. Wonderful stuff, gentlemen. That's that's brilliant. So that's Mill versus Arsenal, 80s and 90s vintage. Um, big thank you to Dean Thwaites for suggesting that. Um, well, but if anyone else has any suggestions, I'm sure I can get the the uh, the eggheads panel together for another show for any other suggestion of um, famous fixtures or series of fixtures. Do send in your suggestions, and we'll we'll rustle up the uh, the 18 to uh, to consider. Uh, 1980s and 1990s are of particular interest to our to our, our, our panel we, here. We should just have a debate on all those players like Gary Waddock. Uh, yeah, well, Phil Sparrow. There's m- many, many hours of debate over over uh, middle average players of, of the past. So. Just just talking through um, some of the later games, actually. Now, there's a player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a site like, stuck out. It's like Greg Berry had, had come back and things like that. And then towards the end, yeah, that's when we signed Kerry Dixon. That's a strange whole season. Very strange. Because we Very lost strange. to Swindon. We only lost to Swindon a couple of weeks before that Arsenal game. So well, perhaps cracking, that cracking, yeah. cracking two goals up at Forest, Greg Berry. Did well, yeah. fun, funny enough, I, I recorded a few days ago, and I'll try and get that out next week. Um, a show with uh, another Mill fan, Dave Collins, on on his choice of worst players ever that's played for Mill. So perhaps that will that will make a good show in its own right. We we'll get Jimmy Webb and, and Neil Andrews take on the worst players ever to take. The I, ref- field. I refuse to discuss Pat Cuff. <laughs> well, that's that will save that conversation for another day. There we are. Um, if you want to suggest a show, or get in touch with us, do uh, email us actungmill at gmail.com. Contact us via the Twitter, which is now at actungmillwall, or leave us a voicemail message on 0208 Um Gentlemen, it's been it's been wonderful stuff. Thank you, Jim, out there in Australia. Oh, thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Nick. And thank you, Neil. Brian Stein. And do tune into our new Australian show if you're in, in Oz. Uh, Oz Tongue Millwall. You'll, you'll get it on the Achtung feed. Thank you for listening, dear listeners. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Achtung Millwall and the Real Millwall Fan Show are the number one Millwall podcast, and we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, your views, your rants about all things Millwall. We've got email actongmillwall at gmail.com all one word actongmillwall at gmail.com you can get in touch with us and leave us a voicemail on 0208 144 0232 that's 0208 144 0232 leave us a voicemail no human will be involved in the receipt of your message so give us a shout tell us what you think about all things Millwall 
and the best messages will be read out on air. Brian Steen, we discussed Mark Steen. We're going to let Ed Steen go because he only played for Barnet and Dagenham. There we are. I do want you to get a postscript in. So Ed Steen played for Barnet and Dagenham. Did you say Neil? Yeah. yeah. Not 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 a, not a career not, like his brothers. Not Mark Steen and Brian Steen. Yeah. There we are. Post postscript. Although their dad Jock Steen was very popular in Scotland. <laughs> Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.